Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What is up, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You could find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Blue Heaven uh, pregame here. Cheers, and thank you to our friends at Jim Beam for helping us all get through the next hour or so of Dodger talk on today's show. The Dodger sweep in SF. You already know that. Doug did a post game about that on Sunday. You guys watched it. You had a good time. But we got three big takeaways to pull from that series each because hashtag content. We're bringing back. It's been a whole long time since uh, we've had the, <laughs> we've had this uh, segment on the show. The totally original excuse the interruption is coming back, and we'll look ahead to a whole bunch of things about how many times the Dodgers are playing uh, a thousand games against the D-backs. They're playing a real MLB team this coming weekend and some other takeaways for the final 17 games or so of the season. Before we get into the show, we got to remind you, uh, this is a live stream. It's also a podcast. So comment for the live stream side. Let us know where you guys are representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Where are you watching the game tonight? Where are you at? Send us your, uh, what do we do? Area codes? Send us your area codes. Because we want to talk about you and where you guys are living. And uh, podcast, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, everywhere. What you got? I just want to point this out. Right off the bat, we have Fett over on YouTube. This is Padres own the Dodgers. Are you kidding me? Dodgers up 21 games on the Padres. You're going to say that you own the Dodgers. They own the Dodgers like I own a five-bedroom home in Los Angeles. I don't. Okay, so that just really triggered me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A little triggered. Listen, just be happy he has a keyboard and a computer. You know, like baby steps, baby steps. San Diego. Dave Luna's in the stream. said, Clint, with a rare non-blue shirt, uh, shirt, who is you? Listen, I, I wore this for a little bit. Uh, over the weekend, and I was like, you're not dirty enough to throw in the hamper yet, so I put it back on today, because why not? Cooper Neal in the stream. What's going on, Cooper? If you guys saw on our social media platforms, we got uh, new caricatures of Doug and myself, so uh, check that out. Shout out to Cooper. Cool artist bro, friend of the show, Leslie Taylor in the stream. Howdy, boys. Have missed you the last few weeks. Leslie, we missed you, too. Hope you are doing deliciously. Got some people checking in. We got uh, our boy Trace Gallo season. What up, gentlemen? What is going on? We got uh, Jose checking in from Tijuana. We got uh, Tennessee. George checking in Tennessee. Tennessee loves. Sorry, Fed. <laughs> huh? Sorry, Fed. He came clean. So that comment wasn't serious. I'm a Dodgers fan. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's good. Uh, find some people where we're checking in now. We got Diane checking in from Arkansas. Um, what else we got? We got Tucson, Arizona in here. What are you seeing? We got Anthony Keen that says, what kind of hat are you rocking? Clint birds, baby. Let's go birds. Fly goes fly. Jalen hurts. My fantasy QB, Anthony Ortega from long beach, the five, six, two. We got Shelly LA for life from Morgan's point resort, Texas. We got Isaac Lopez who says I am watching in person near right field foul pole. So we got a guy at Dodger stadium watching Blue Heaven from Blue Heaven on Earth. That's so you got to awesome. respect that. We got Jacob represent from <laughs> Norwalk, Ohio. Adam, the sack town, the 916 with some strong emojis. So yeah, Dodgers Nation representing in the comments. Santiago says, sad Diego. Gary Webb says, scam Diego. Fans are delusional. Yeah, this is kind of how it goes down on my show. I say yeah. something and we get like 10 variations yeah, exactly. of it. It just, it just tends to uh, go off the rails. <laughs> Diane, times. our friend Diane checking in uh, from the skies on American Airlines. Heading to Palm Springs. The fairy godmother of Dodgers Nation, <laughs> Diane Schroeder. She's pretty much responsible for like 10,000 likes on our YouTube channel. Probably about three or 4,000 subscribers. Done. So, Diane Schroeder, cheers to you. I'm going to crush this uh, Jim Beam highball seltzer. A little Chug McCain action here. You actually cracked it open today, guys. This is an impressive feat from, from Take Douglas. Take my keys. Get the Uber ready. Take my keys. <laughs> Anthony checking in. 562 Long Beach. We we got uh, Terry checking in from the 805 Central Coast. Represent. 916 in here. Corona in here. And Antonio Sacktown, 818, Manny Machado sucks. I agree, Fabian. 901 is in the house. Uh, Charlize, Charlize is from upstate New York. Go Dodgers. 
Nice. We got some international Rosa Flores watching from El Salvador. We got Jose friends here in San Diego. There are dreams that owners of parents make them believe that parents are not going to arrive. And that is not right. Jose, you're killing me, guys. Let's not uh, go off the rails here. San oh, Diego's man. in the past. But uh, Debbie checking in Moreno Valley. We got Pete from Downey. We got Rosef checking in from El Salvador. That's pretty awesome right there. South Carolina. Uh, Isaac is saying Diane is an OG, 100% OG. We got 760 Neil before Zod 21. Appreciate you guys coming in here, hanging out with us. Steven says Dodgers Nation rules. We appreciate that. And honestly, we kind of agree. We do this uh, mostly for ourselves. But guys, let's get into what we got on today's show. The recap is brought to you by GearUp.LA. Go check out GearUp.LA. It's a great way to support people like me, people like that guy, and you could also support your body because you're putting merch on it that has uh, dodgery type of things on it. So win, win, win. Check it out. GearUp.LA. That's where you want to go. But since we were last here, the Dodgers have won 100 games. They've clinched. They've won 101 games, and they swept the Giants. You got to feel good about a uh, a five and one week since the last show. We both said four and two, so we were dead wrong. Even better than that, seven and two road trip, second to last road trip, and the next one isn't really much of a road trip. But sweep in San Francisco. Either way, always just feels beautiful. We got some takeaways on it, Doug. You want to lead into the takeaways? What is your first big takeaway from this sweep in San Francisco? Well, my first big takeaway from what happened on the field definitely had to be the starting pitching, the bullpen pitchers that had issues heading into that series. Like you had Andrew Heaney, a nice bounce back appearance yesterday, did not allow a home run. We didn't have home run Heaney heading into that appearance. He had allowed 11 home runs in his last five games. Yesterday, I was very impressed. The command was better. The location on the four seam fastball. I thought the way he got out of that jam when it was high wire Heaney there in the four. So I love what he did. I love to see Craig Kimbrell. He went back to Kimbrelsa. He let his bad save go and he performed well. It was nice to see him go one, two, three. It was bottom of the order. It was against the San Francisco Giants, but a much better appearance from him. But my biggest takeaway on the field had to be Dustin May. Dustin May was very impressive. A hitless five innings, not too many punch outs, four strikeouts, but yeah. getting a lot of soft contact. The command was better. I think Dustin May is prime for a red October. And I think the fact fact that you're seeing him continue to progress well it's going to be huge for this Dodgers starting rotation so to me it was all about D May up in SF yeah Dustin May was great uh, it was also great uh, the nobody likes the Apple TV broadcast but we were treated to Clayton Kershaw in an inning on Apple TV and him he 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 had very few superlatives to throw out there for D May, but also it's just he's nasty. The dude is absolute nasty, and that's pretty high praise from a dude who's Straight heading filthy. to the Hall of Fame. Uh, my my uh, number one takeaway: you got uh, Julio Urias. You know we were big on the Julio uh, train last week, and he just went out and absolutely shoved again. Uh, six scoreless. I mean, not six scoreless. He he has six solid innings. Works around some some traffic that was not quite his fault. He didn't let it unravel him, which we've seen him do. We've seen that do in the past to get one error, two errors in the first inning, maybe a little misplay or a bunt. It seems like if you could bunt against Julio early, you're going to throw him off his rhythm, but he rebounded. He looked good and he threw together a, a, another quality start. He could have kept throwing if he needed to, if they really needed to 98 pitches didn't really need to, but Second half Julio, for me, I look at that. It's another punctuation against a team he's owned. Uh, It's another punctuation on a phenomenal second half. Last eight starts since August, 1.29 ERA. The numbers look good, 7-1. and As you know, I love my wins. And I would say the other treat is we got a great story out of uh, Jorge Castillo about the eye and him shutting down Padre fan trolls, which is great because, like, hey, I did all this. I got a ring. Uh, and I, you know, I did all that with one eye and I keep beating you guys, you know? So Julio made the Padres his daddy. He made, he made the giants his daddy. And I just love Julio. And I'm going to say it again, two weeks in a row. That guy, that kid's got to be your uh, national league Cy Young award winner. 
I mean, he definitely didn't do anything to hurt his case. I think he yeah. went out there against the Giants. And I think you mentioned the story against Jorge Castillo. That's definitely big for the narrative of Julio because he's not a guy that goes out there and talks to the media a lot. He's a guy that really speaks for – he lets his pitching speak for him out there on the mound. Yep. But going against that Giants team, I think one of my favorite things is he said publicly that he turns it up a notch when it's against San Francisco because of the rivalry. You saw early in that start, had some defensive miscues, the pitch count was a little high there in the mm -hmm. first but he settles down he gets the job done he truly is the Urias I do think the gap when you look at innings pitch we look at the the war Sandy Alcantara it's probably going to take home the award but still the fact that he's going to be in the top three it shows you that he's realized that potential as a frontline starter and he's going to carry this Dodgers rotation in October Julio is the only guy that has made every start for the best team in baseball the the team with the best staff ERA that means something. Yeah, sure, Sandy Alcantara has done that. But it's on a bad team. In the second half, you, you got to look at the second half numbers. And, and guess, somebody, one of these teams is going up uh, into the you know yeah. postseason. They're playing for something in October. They're not just you know riding a boat around Miami-Dade. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for Cy Urias. I would love that. But I just think in the eyes of the voters, the way they evaluate starting pitching, it's the entire body of work from start to finish. Julio got off to had some rocky starts early on there. He yeah. had some people questioning whether or not he was out of gas and he was feeling the effects of the previous season. But I definitely think that he's put himself in a great position where if the voters want to give the Dodgers a lot of credit for the year that they've had, you can make a case for Julio Urias as the NL Cy Young. And also, if you look at the second half mm -hmm. of Sandy Alcantara, Julio has definitely been dominating him when you look at down the stretch. So yeah. I'm here for it. We'll my, see. My final note, my final Julio note, the one thing, I would say the biggest thing that, that I got from that series, and I didn't really need to get from that series or from that start against San Francisco, but he proved uh, without a doubt he is your game one starter. He's, he's, he's the guy you want on the mound for any big game happening this October. He's the man. Let him happen. Let, just let it happen. Let it eat. What do you got? What's uh, what's your second big takeaway? So my second big takeaway is definitely Justin Turner. Ginger Jesus's resurrection continues in the second half of the season. He was my player of the week for the Dodgers. He had 400 for LA, he had four doubles. He has a career high 36 doubles on the season. And he goes six for 12 in the Giants series with three doubles, three RBI. And you had hurt people out there in Dodger land early in the season. Clint, I'm old enough to remember Dodger fans. They use two Two words when it comes to Dodger players sometimes and those words are cooked and washed mm. and he is not cooked he is cooking in the second half of the season he's not old he's just a classic at this point he's not 37 he's 25 plus shipping and handling he is a guy that continues to go out there and rake for this team we're going to talk a little bit about Justin Turner later in the show but yeah. one of my big takeaways is he continues to get it done and I'm very excited about what he can do for this team in the postseason because let's not forget he was not the same Justin Turner last year in the postseason he was a little banged up he leaves the series with the in the nlcs a little early because of that hamstring injury so to get a postseason gamer like jt back in the mix this time around i think that he has one big postseason left in him and i'm very excited about uh jt yeah having a healthy jt that's going to be a difference maker last year they had to ride him in the ground this year with having so much muncie at third base and muncie muncie not great by any stretch of the imagination at third base to that but having somebody you feel confident enough in to throw out there. You know, he's not going to give you much worse defense than a 37 year old Justin Turner, but we'll talk more about JT uh, as we get later on into the show. We've got a big, uh, big segment coming up about JT. My number, uh, my number two here, uh, not taking the foot off the gas. Really? This was a focus. Um, <laughs> my focus here, I should say is they didn't lose a game that they were going to lose. And that was Sunday's game. They went into extra innings. It was a one-inning game. Obviously, Dave didn't want to throw out. Uh, he didn't want to throw out the aces. He didn't want to throw out the big bullpen arm, so they got by with the guys who aren't going to be on the postseason roster. Found a way to win that game, and it just it, it proved the resolve of this team and that they honestly mean it. They mean it when they say, hey, we, we don't care about the records. We don't care about this. We're just we're going to play every single game. You know, we're, we clinched, so what? We're here to play every game. We're here to win every single day. We don't care about who we're playing. We don't care about what our record is against them. We're here to win the day. And a game like that proves it. 
100%. I think the consistency they've shown all season long, their longest losing streak is like four games. So, yeah, yeah, to your point, they really have nothing to play for. I mean, the division's sewn up. They're going to win, have the best record, and have home field advantage throughout. But to me, my biggest takeaway for the weekend was that one of the biggest names is crossed off that Dodgers revenge tour list, and that is the <laughs> Giants have been crossed off. Look, SF already stood for season finished. Oracle Park was already turned into a spirit Halloween costume superstore but this weekend it was Dodger Stadium North. Dodger fans showed up. They showed out. You saw Dodgers merch being sold <laughs> at Oracle Park. Are you kidding me? I mean the Dodgers were great to San Francisco. They packed the stands. They bought their own merch and the Oracle Park cleaning crew got to take today off because the Dodgers had already swept so they didn't have to worry about any of that and I just thought that the fact that they just went up there, they dominated them, they swept them again. They proved that last season was San Fluke Cisco, that Gabe Kapler's cheating lab has been shut down. No, I'm just playing about that. But yeah, I mean, no more late night in the Lamont. You had last year Lamont. This magic has run out on the Giants. And this year, Dodgers 15 and 4, taking 15 of 19 games over the San Francisco Giants. That is the most wins a Dodger team has ever had over San Francisco. You love to see it. And uh, to me, I was just very excited to just win that last game there. I didn't want to lose last night. I didn't yeah, want to lose last night. That would have definitely left a, a, a sour taste in the mouth, even though, you know, the the taste of a piece of metal would help it. Yes, for sure. Yes. But you didn't want to leave that. You want them to, uh, you want him, uh, uh, that team and Gabe Kapler and his, his dress, whatever the hell he was wearing on Sunday uh, afternoon on ESPN for a light drizzle like Cap. What the hell, man? You're a dude who tans your balls and you're wearing a dress. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it was sus. I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, to let them stew on that, and hey, you know, maybe Gabe Kapler loses his job because there's rumblings in there, uh, you know, from from media that he's he's not making too many friends in that Giants clubhouse. But it was great to yeah. see. I agree. Uh, Giant and Dodgers own the Giants all year long. What fifteen and four on the season? Fifteen and four, delicious, delicious, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, that's my final note. I don't know if it's a take. Uh, it's I mean, it's a takeaway. It's that the Dodgers are good this year at beating bad teams and. I mean, that's relative. All teams, all bad teams are going to be relative because all teams are bad compared to the Dodgers, uh, you know, for, for, I guess, most part of the letter of the words or whatever. Uh, bad segue on that. The, the For me, in a way, it's kind of concerning because there hasn't been a, a big challenge. The Dodgers haven't faced a, a massive challenge, at least, you know, too often in the second half. And you're, you're kind of concerned about, you know, running into a buzzsaw, running into a wall, with good teams, better teams, living teams in October. And you know, as we get ahead a little bit, we're going to talk about in the look ahead, you do face the Cardinals this weekend. I'm a little iffy on that series because I think there's going to be too much of a rodeo in town with Albert Pujols and, and the record, and I really hope he just does it against the Padres, gets 700. It's good. He's already you know, fourth all time on home runs. That's great. But yeah, you know, strength of uh, schedule is a concern for me. And I, uh, you know, the only way we're going to see it is let the games happen in October. We're going to see if this is a real team, which it should be. The numbers say it, the, the rosters say this should be a, a, uh, this is who the Dodgers are. All the stats, all the, the leaderboard numbers that they have this year, that's legitness, but that's just me being nitpicky. You know, it's like, Hey, they're playing a lot of bad teams, but they're beating them. And that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think when you look at this Dodgers team, that's really their MO. They don't care if it's a first place team or a last place team. They're trying to win the baseball game on that day. And I think that's what's made this team really special is the execution on a day to day basis. It can be the worst team in the league or it can be one of the better teams. And I think you've seen the Dodgers. They look at the Braves series. I mean, the comeback they made there late with all the distractions with Freddie Freeman. And mm -hmm. you saw them perform well against some of the better pitchers in the league. So I think this team is battle tested. I think their goal this year was one to take back the division they did that and then two they gave themselves a great cushion now to rest guys to put themselves yeah. in a perfect position no. to have sustained <laughs> success in the october in october so i'm not overly concerned with their schedule i think look everyone you play the same teams essentially when you look at your division and I think that, hey, it's, is it the Dodgers' fault that the NL West was the most overrated division in baseball, save for the Dodgers? It was supposed to be this gauntlet. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. The Padres, no-show. <laughs> Giants, they were terrible. So yeah, it good. just wasn't what we had expected. So I think the Dodgers, doesn't matter who, you, who they face, they're going to bring it no matter who it is.
100%. Getting into a few of the comments here. We got Sarah Morris saying, I couldn't believe the Giants were selling Dodger merch. That really was a sneaky, phenomenal story out of, uh, out of San Francisco, out of Oracle this weekend. There was a booth selling Dodgers gear at Oracle Park in San Francisco, home of the hated New York and San Francisco Giants. That is embarrassing. How do they let that happen? The ownership had to come out and apologize about it. Um, I mean, I get it. You want it, it was going to be probably half Dodger fans there, anyways, and that booth was probably cooking. It's good business. My only complaint is why weren't they selling the NL West championship hats and some of the championship <laughs> merch? That that would have made it that Bruh. much better. Just sell that championship merch. But to me, shout out to Dodger fans. If you attended the game. Shout out to Dodgers Nation out there repping hard because, look, I don't care if the Dodgers were in last place, if the Giants were in first place by a million games. You would never see Giants fans take over Dodger Stadium like that. You would never see Dodger Stadium selling orange and black Giants merch. So mm -hmm. I think that the fact that that happened, it was hilarious. It's I'm going to put that up with the my bait L.A picture as some of my favorite pictures to come out of Oracle Park. But yeah, that was Always pretty pathetic and that's very embarrassing. But hey, honestly, though, Giants fans, it's Dodger blue. It's an irresistible color. I think you should just make the, you know, once to wear orange and black, maybe for like orange. one day out of the year. Orange on is such an ugly color. Yeah, I don't look good in orange, but orange is made for October and, you know, um, just pumpkins. Yeah, exactly. Dodgers are made for October. And there it Gabe is. Kaplers, and Gabe Kaplers, who went to the Jersey Shore School of Tanning. <laughs>
sell to your fan base, hey, we really got these guys to hopefully be bad, but they're going to be good, and we can go sell them, get prospects, get back at it. So um, victims of their own success, and uh, I'm happy for them. Take, take your one division championship. Tits with a tits. Moving on. Guys, we're bringing it back. It's been a while. It's uh, the totally original, uh, fine, fine segment. I call it uh, excuse my take or excuse the interruption. I've got what I call it, but we have five spicy topics here, and we're going to try to get our points across in about just one minute. We're going to go back and forth on these, I think. I forgot how we're doing, but it's brought to you by the Dodgers Nation app. Download it on the iOS and Android store. It's a great app to get all of your Dodgers news and and notes and, and stats. The stats there are great. So let's dive right into it. We see first over there, we got October Phil, Phil Bickford. Don't look now, but Phil has been pretty decent of late. Nine scoreless outing, uh, nine scoreless outings, unscored upon in 14 of his last 16 games. He had back like a uh, two game stretch late August, back to back outings, three runs, two earned runs. Is he going to find a way with all these other injured guys and everybody, you know, we got, we got trying we got bruised. Our, is Phil somehow creeping his way back into the playoff, uh, a bullpen picture go. Well, first I will say that if this was asked two weeks ago, I would say the answer is absolutely no, but the way he has picked it up of late, he has pitched better. I definitely think there is a slim chance at this point. You just mentioned his numbers. To me, the issue with him is the home run ball. He's served up nine dingers this season in 57 and two thirds innings pitch. Hasn't allowed one since August 22nd, but really what it comes down to, it's a numbers game and you got 13 pitchers and you got the starters, you got the bullpen pieces. And I just think there's some guys that are ahead of him right now and it really comes down to the guys that are currently injured if they come back healthy is he in front of a Yancy Almonte the answer is no is he in front of a Blake Trina the answer is no is he in front of a Tommy Canely at this point who's on the fringe I yeah. mean the answer is probably no for sure but we'll see will all these guys that are currently injured come back and stay healthy because if they don't he's going to be right there but uh, it's just a numbers game and I think that the Dodgers might not trust him in that spot but uh, I would say no as of right now it's a good take it's a fire take fire take <laughs> we're gonna have more on the uh on the bullpen coming this coming week uh i think we're getting together on wednesday to talk more dodger baseball so stay tuned for that what you got next so, so next we're going we about we're gonna back and forth this yeah right? absolutely okay, yeah perfect. so the next one is about Tony Gonsolin, and it's about who is Tony Gonsolin, the most important injured Dodger that's due back. Do you, do you want to push the clock now? Yeah. What's the question? Is Tony Gonsolin the most important Dodger? <laughs> I know. I'm just oh, yeah. messing with you. Uh, at this point, yeah, because with the bullpen, you have a countless, it feels like a countless amount of arms that can either... Uh, or sorry, in the rotation or no, no, no. Yeah. In the bullpen, you have a bunch of arms that can either fill into spots or, or they're going to find a way to string together out. So you're not going to see Craig Kimbrell going out there and closing every game in the ninth. It's going to be very, very ex excessively matchup based. And that's the way it should be. You need length out of your starting rotation. You need Tony, a guy who was I mean, by some accounts, the ace of the first half of the season, you know, he's an all-star for the first time, a very important piece. You need him to not necessarily go out there and give you seven innings, six innings, even five innings, but to be out there, open games, give you three or four, and, and provide a little bit of bridge and length. I mean, if you're able to go Julio, Tony, and then Kershaw instead of Julio, or uh, Julio Kershaw, just, it feels that much better to give you some length. So I do think Tony Gonsolin is probably the most important injured pitcher to come back. Yeah, and a little update on Tony Gonsolin. He threw a bullpen today, yep. about 30 pitches. Doc said that the velocity was up. And for me, I agree with you 100% on that because you're talking about a guy, an all-star pitcher who's really had a breakthrough year, a 210 ERA, a guy that can give you multiple innings. Blake Trinan is a guy that when he does come back, hopefully he stays back, but he's still mm -hmm. going to be limited to some capacity. I don't think you're going to see him pitch on back-to-back -back games. I don't think you'll see him throw multiple innings. So I think in the right spot for Tony Gonsolin, 
Johnson as an opener. Maybe you see four innings, 75 pitches. Mm -hmm. I do think that he's going to be massive. And I am still, though, concerned that he'll find it. I mean, to me, I, I lose sleep every <laughs> night thinking about Tony Gonsolin. Just, I'm just going to be honest with you. It really stresses me out. And I... <laughs> I was playing, but it really stresses me out. And I just think that he's going to really go a long way into really putting this whole starting rotation puzzle together. For sure. For sure. All right. I'm going to give you your, your runway here. You wanted to talk about Justin Turner, give Justin Turner some love. Rightfully so. We're going to give you the full runway. I'll, I'll note. I was the guy who earlier in the season said the one thing that's going to save Justin Turner is the juiced ball coming back. Well, I don't know if they brought the juiced ball back, but he brought something back last 58 games. So since the middle of June, June 19th, 362 OPS over 1,000 for the old guy. Tell people why they need to love uh, Justin Turner here in this uh, old, old age 37 season and why they should be excited for him. Why should we be excited for him in October? Well, first of all, put some respect on the future manager of the Dodgers name, Ooh. JT, what he's been able to do this season, turning his season around. And hey, he, JT is an HT. He is a huge threat. And Joe Musgrove really sparked something in him. And if you look at his numbers in the second half of the season, a 996 OPS, a 178 WRC plus 15 doubles. And I think that he's in a great position where he's not relied upon to be a guy at the top of the order like we've seen in postseasons past. I mean, go look up his numbers this guy pretty much holds every single Dodgers postseason record but he's down there in the order he's going to be able to get some key hits hit yep. with those bat to ball skills and last season in the postseason he went four for 34 hit 118 he did hit that big bomb in the wild card game but that wasn't Justin Turner this is the Justin Turner we know and love and I think that he's gonna have a big impact for the Dodgers I think that he's gonna be that guy who just comes up and gets you that big hit like I said he's 37 but he's taking care of himself he's He's like 25 with shipping handling. So JT will put some respect on all washed King's name. We're not doing very good at hitting our countdown uh, timer here. You know, I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing both better than both. I thought I would. You are. I will give you yeah. that, you know, yeah. clap for the man. There's, there's an applause button somewhere on there. I think it's a, uh, it says applause on it. On my post game. That's wait. just me getting started. We're going to we're going to wait. There it is. We found the button. Thanks, shout out to Product Noah. Familiarization. Shout out to the Noah. Doing the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, our final topic here, our second to final? I forgot what it is. Yeah, yeah, our second to last topic here in, uh, what am I calling this again? Excuse my take? Excuse yeah. the interruption. Excuse the interruption. There it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's money. This is the one where you asked me. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I tried to buy you time. So Dustin May, we talked about him. I know him, yeah. You know him, D-May. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Mania coming, uh, Red October on the way. Is Dustin May, in your opinion, Mr. Clint Pasillas, baseball savant, baseball expert, is Dustin May ready for the postseason? He's as ready as he's going to be. That's it. That's my take. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think having the back-to-back -back bad starts, having the worst start, essentially, of his career where he didn't come out injured because that's a bad start. Having those was a big-time learning curve, a learning process for him. It was important for him, plus to you know uh, have Kershaw come up and throw his arm around him in that situation. I think it was bad at the right time for the greater good of a red October, of him getting a, a ring he could be a little more proud of than that 20 ring because we all know how Doug – does not a fan of the 2020 championship, but I think, I think he's, I think he's proven himself. I think he's proven himself. I don't think he's going to be, he's not your game one starter, but for the role he needs to play hundred percent legitness. That's it. He's, he's going to be legitness and he's going to be getting some big outs for these Dodgers. Waiting for the, there it is. Just waiting for it. Nicely in done. October, because I wanted to make sure I went over the timer. You're like that smart kid who finishes the test 30 minutes before everyone. And everyone's trying to have been known to down finish early. <laughs> hey, <laughs> final topic here, guys. Who is your final position player making this postseason roster? We know there's pretty much, sorry, as a position, I said that, the position player. We know there's a whole bunch of headache to the, the bullpen, to the pitching staff. Position player is one thing. There's a battle between two dudes. Who's your guy go? 
So for me, we know who was brought up, and that was Miguel Vargas, and his purpose was really to spell guys down the stretch, give JT, Muncie, even Freddie Freeman a day off, has that positional versatility. We saw what he was able to do in his first game, hit a double in the gap up in San Francisco. So really, it's a question of Hanser Alberto versus Miguel Vargas. And so far in September, Hanser's two for 14. And if you look at Miguel Vargas, he's one for 16. So I think there was a universe where if Miggy, Miggy, Miggy came up and he set the world on fire and he was just tearing the cover off the ball. Maybe you say, hey, this guy has the potential to be a better bat than Hanser Alberto. Maybe use him in a big spot. But this isn't a team that pinch hits a lot. There's not a team that pinch hits and uses that. And I just think Miguel Vargas, it's going to be Hanser Alberto. Because look, Hanser Alberto, not only can he hit he's going to get the final save. He's going to get the save in the Dodgers World Series clinching win. He is the <laughs> Shohei Otani of the National League. So I'm going hands to the answer. Which is the right answer. It's the right answer. I mean, he I hasn't mean, done enough. Yeah, and if you look at this, Clint, I mean, you're talking about, like we talked about earlier, that when Gavin Lux went down with that injury and they didn't elect to bring up an Edwin Rios, they didn't even give him a cup of coffee, not even a sip of coffee. They didn't even let him look at any coffee. And he was leading the Dodgers in home runs when he went down. And then James, you can't get him out, man. A guy that he's hit for more cycles than a laundry a laundromat in one week. They don't even give him his shot. And I think that told you right there that this roster is set. And Miguel Vargas was more about getting him experience. And also, Hansi Alberto, look, when Mookie Betts says that you're a catalyst, that you're important to that clubhouse, you are on that postseason roster, okay? We know this is Mookie's franchise at this point, along with Kirsten. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's 100% Hansi Alberto. Yeah, that's right, Call. I mean, he's meant so much for this team. Um, and even he's, he's not going to play. I mean, you know what I really do love about, uh, about this team and about this roster right now is that pretty much one through seven, it's going to be exact same day in and day out. That's cool. You really, you have two question marks in the lineup Four dudes going to fill in two spots in the roster each day. And it's really probably going to be left field, some rotation there. I don't know. Dave and the front office have a lot to figure out because, you know, Chris Taylor has been there. He's done that before. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but has he has he earned it this year? Kind of not, but also, you know, injuries and all that kind of stuff. You can't really take it away from him. Let's dig into a few of the comments here. Some good stuff coming in. Some friends jumping in here. We got Don Kim checking in late to the show, but glad to see you all. Don Kim checking in on the YouTube. Roach is in here and a half hour into the show said first. <laughs> I love that guy. So uh, he's not not first. Not even by a slight long shot. More more comments here. Let's see. Uh, Craig Osterberg asking, what's the difference between early season Bickford and current version? What are you seeing out, out of Phil right now with uh, with that sweet, sweet DMAC uh, vision? Well, the biggest difference between Bickford is <laughs> he shirt up his command. He's not leaving stuff out over the plate. You're seeing him work the edges. The spin has always been there for Phil Bickford. The extension has been there for BDB. Um <laughs> But I think what it comes down to is, yeah, his command has improved quite a bit. And I think that you're seeing from a mechanical standpoint, it's a little more fluid out there. I think that last year he was the rubber arm coming out of that bullpen. And just look, that is the key for Phil Bigford is just keeping it in the yard. The strikeouts are up. The soft contact is better. He's missing barrels. So I think with Bigford, they really put him in spots, too, where he's been able to take advantage. He's not really thrown into these big high leverage spots. You put him in situations where he can have success and Spicoli is getting it done. It's fast times at uh, South Pasadena high, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, he's definitely, that's really the key is just painting the edges, painting the black and uh, doing a better job with his command. Normally chicken in YouTube saying Taylor is just God awful right now, unless he could hit 180 in the next two weeks. And I don't think he means 180, probably closer to 280. Uh, someone uh, play somebody who actually makes contact. What do you like? Uh, I mean, there's there's two ways to go. What would you actually do with CT3? And what do you think Dave is going to do with CT3? Because we know how he feels about his guys. I mean, I think that, look, you saw what happened last season. I mean, he was atrocious down the stretch. He hit under 200 for the last two months of the season. And then he was the most productive player for the Dodgers. We saw Ock Taylor. We saw the fact that he went out there, had so many clutch base hits. But the difference between this year and last year is, first of all, Gavin Lux, he's been injured. So you've seen Chris Taylor at the Keystone playing second base. But now he's lumped into that outfield mix. Mm -hmm. And last season, it didn't have the depth. You didn't have 
have a Trace Thompson. You didn't have a Joey Gallo. You had an A.J. Pollock who really blew up in the NLCS and yeah. went crazy. But I think when it comes to Dave Roberts, there's no question. It's going to be CT3. Oh. He will be in the outfield mix. There's no question. He'll be your starting left fielder during some games. But I also will say that if the strikeouts are extremely high, and if you look at we call him Swing and Miss Chris, right? And if CT3 Chris Kaler can't CTK3, hit, yeah. can't make contact, and he struggles with that, I think that there's just going to be a shorter leash. And I think it's out of respect for the Cody Bellingers and Chris Taylors to say, hey, you're going to get that first look. We're going to hope that you do turn on that switch in the postseason yeah. and you are able to come through like you did in the past. But if you can't get it done, there are some other options. And we know that Trace and Joey Gallo, who they've essentially, Joey Gallo, you mentioned platooning. He's been the one guy they really have platooned. I think he's had five at-bats yeah. against Sal Paul's this season. But they're going to roll with Chris Taylor. And I think that... I think when it comes to Chris Taylor, the big key for him is just having success down that lineup. And in, and, and, and by doing that, you have to get your bat on the ball, man. You got to mm -hmm. take a little boomer bust. And you saw a little bit of that lately. I mean, he's been a little, his swing has been a little more controlled in the last few weeks. Yeah, he's, so he's trying to dial it in for sure, but it's still, uh, He's still got a long way, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, he is who he is. He's a streaky, streaky player, but the hope is that that streak comes at the right time. And if he finds it during Oc Taylor, during the end of September, he's going to be in a great spot because it's not just what he can do offensively. It's him making highlight plays yeah. defensively as well. But I think him and Cody are both the type of players that, that really buy into the new season like ideologies. Yeah. The the soon as that regular season's over, it, it the you know it's like it, whatever your yeah. numbers were don't mean shit. It's like an etch a sketch. They just they shake it up and it's a, a fresh new start. Somebody clip that both of us. <laughs> it's a yeah, fresh yeah, new start. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hey, e, e Smith on YouTube says I want to cuddle with Cody. You got any thoughts on that? Hey, you want to cuddle with Cody? Cody is um is a guy that uh, I, to me I think uh, you should you should cuddle with Cody. I think you and Cody would make a great you maybe you would have to ask a little baby Jesus and his daughter, but uh, they love the long, the long oh, yeah. way around it. That was just I was about to say something beautiful. where I was going to get in trouble, yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. my brain said, <laughs> "Problematic, man. Yeah. Problematic. Don't be problematic." That's the new saying around these parts. Uh, we got a random one here. K Dub twenty four popped the question in a couple times. Finally, have an opening to ask it. Uh, about six months late here. What do you guys think about Corey Seager going to the Rangers? I know I'm late, but I have to ask. Uh, it would have been cool to get him back, but uh, not getting Corey back meant getting Freddie Freeman, and Freddie Freeman is out here by by the numbers, putting up the best season of his career. If you really like buying into wins above replacement, so wait, who? There's this, this guy. He used oh, to that's right. He used to just lumber there at shortstop and not not put in effort, according to some folks. Cooper asking uh, any news on Lux? He's back in the lineup. Appears to be fine. They, they say the neck is all uh, all. Um, delicious now so that's good roach says when i want to grow up i want to be clint i want to be me too put me on a wheaties box he is him i as him this is correct in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Mia saying, let's go Dodgers. We are about, uh, what, an hour, an hour and a half-ish till first pitch. So let's get into our final segment here. It's a look ahead. And that is brought to you by Doug's Pants. <laughs> That's brought to you by what's the YouTube channels? Wait, Subscribe what, to the YouTube. what pants? Subscribe to YouTube channel. You are wearing pants today. It's a little uh, concerning. Yeah. No, you know. You got to do laundry. Subscribe to YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell. Leave a like. Leave a comment. It helps us out and it makes Doug a happy boy. Please before we get into Doug, has some, you have some topics. Um, before we get into your topics, we got to look at what we have left So uh, or what's coming up this week. 
five against the Diamondbacks in four days. Thank you, lockout. And then the only series left on the calendar that really has any meaning for L.A., and that is St. Uh, Louis coming into L.A. this weekend, Theo Albert coming back home-ish. Um, that'll be fun. I think it's going to be a little bit too much pomp and circumstance of that series, especially if he hasn't hit 700 yet. There's already going to be enough media there. National media is going to get involved, and it's going to be a problem. And I worry about – I mean – it's lazy to say I worry about the integrity of the series, but I do worry about if he hadn't hit 700, lobbing him a couple. I mean, what what is two more Andrew Heaney home runs to to the world? You know, like it's kind of like Brett Favre, Michael Strahan. It <laughs> try to give him the record. Ding. Yeah, there it is. I, I think that. Yeah, I think that it's kind of it's great though because when you talk about two of the marquee franchises, the flagship franchises yep. in the National League, the Cards and the Dodgers, mixed in with these 50-game series with the Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies. And you add the fact you had the Dodgers DH from last season, the designated hugger, Albert mm -hmm. Pujols, back in L.A. with a chance to hit for 700. I mean, that's a great story. Yeah. And I just hope that you saw Hanser Alberto yesterday. He told yeah. the crew that he <laughs> wants to be on the mound and serve up that 700 dinger. So, yeah, I think it's going to be special. I think that he left warm and fuzzy feelings mm -hmm. for Dodger fans. I mean, it was great for Pujols to finally get a chance to play for a real Los Angeles baseball team Bruh. with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think that you'll see all hugs and smiles, but Pujols getting it in L.A., it's going to make it that much bigger. For his sake, I hope he would be able to do that at home. Yeah. But uh, this is his home last year, so. Yeah, I, you know. He he's he did so much damage to LA for so many years as a Cardinal uh, in his youth, and then he somehow became a lovable character. I mean, he was a supervillain for a decade and became a lovable character in LA. And and um, it would be cool. I mean, it would be cool to see that highlight from here to eternity. You know, number seven hundred hit against. I'm just gonna keep saying Andrew Heaney because it just matches up. But um, and you know, it really hurts me. It really should be it should be six ninety nine. But thanks to Talkman and that Rob job, right? Son yeah, bitch. Jeez, but yeah, I know it's going to be special. A, a Mickey Mouse, um, uh, NOS crown. There it is. Nailed it. <laughs> Stuck the landing. Nice, nicely done. One hundred seven wins, and then so uh, eight games in seven days. One. What are your concerns coming out of that? And and uh, or or stemming from that, and two, what do you think? Uh, what are your predictions for eight games in seven days? I think this team they have their their eyes set on just going out there every single day and being consistent and winning games. Where will my eyes be? I think it's going to be if they can get some of these guys back this week. If Bruce Dark, Gratterall, and Blake Trinan can return this week, how will they look? Will they stay on the mound? But I think as far as concerns go, I don't have any concerns whatsoever. This Diamondbacks team, I think they've lost nine of their last 12 games. I think when you talk about this team, though, you don't want to get complacent. You want to have something to play for because there's the rust versus yep. rest debate. And I think this is a team that they want to go out there and they want to compete. And I think that having the, the competitions in the outfield spots for the bullpen spots is going to bode well. And look, let's be honest. This team has a chance to go down as a historical team. This could yeah. be one of the just the fourth team to win over 110 games. So to have that accomplishment, I think, is going to motivate this team to want to finish the season strong. I want to see them win 112, 113 games, but I just don't want to see them win 116 games because I don't want that added pressure of being the team that, like the Mariners or the, or yeah. the Cubs of 1906. But I think that <laughs> this Dodger team, they Shout need out. to focus on being the 98 Yankees. That team won 114 games they also want 125 games total so if this Dodger team can get up to that number they could be in the conversation for not just one of the greatest Dodger teams of all times but one of the greatest teams in the history of major league baseball so I hope Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner and Justin Turner you're not going to have this group together with this exact nucleus so I hope that they don't look at this and say oh we're a couple wins away from clinching best record think the bet the magic number for that is seven as it's Stands right now I think they look at it and say hey this team is special we have had our foot on the gas all season long and let's continue that yeah. because this Dodgers team their machine for me the concern we still got to get predictions and the concern is though, that's a lot of baseball in a short span of time you worry 
about injuries. You worry about overwork. There's the rest versus rust, but there's also the rust versus injury and rest and all that. So uh, they only get one extra dude, f- you know, for the double header tomorrow, and that's gonna be Ryan Pepio. That's true. Our boy Pepois, which is odd. I'm surprised. Uh, you know, is that not a call up because he shouldn't be allowed? Anyways, MLB rules are stupid. They clearly just make them up as they go. But um, yeah, that much baseball. Don't kill yourself to win. Don't injure people to win these games. These aren't that important. You got enough times. You got you got enough games left. You got six against the Rockies to end the season for some yeah. reason. Don't don't hurt yourself. Well, I'll, I'll give you my concern. My concern is that Craig Kimbrell has a lot of success to the point where they trust him in the October. I'm not even joking. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to trust him in October, but it's going to be against the seven, eight, nine guys. Yeah, he will go on back it's to back, and it's not going to be one, two, three, or four, or five guys. It's not. It's going to be. It has to be matchup based. Yeah, for You're sure. You're going to see a lot of filthy Phil getting uh, filthy Phillips getting his outs in the ninth inning. You're going to see yeah. some. You might. You might see. Kimbrel coming in the seventh, you know, or or in the eighth or whatever it is. It's going to be matched up based, and I think everybody's going to be bought in by that time. You might see Vessia get that last out, and I think we talked about this last week. We got more bullpen talk coming up later this week, so make sure you're subscribed here, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit that, hit that subscribe button. Hit that, hit that, that notification <laughs> bell if you really see see us post even more Dodgers content. Smash that like button. <laughs> We got some comments here. Smash that like button for DMAC and Clint. That's from Diane. We got Norm. Is the judge home run record legit or possibly PED aided? Interesting. I don't believe it is. Aaron Judge is a massive dude. He always has been. I don't think, I don't suspect any of that. Peter Perlman, DMAC, love your stuff. Keep it up. Hey, I love your stuff too. Peter, uh, thanks for rocking with us. We got who do you think wins the Dodgers Padres game? K Dub 24. I think the Dodgers, they go out there and they continue to beat the Padres. I would see them taking two out of three. But yeah, to me, really another concern as well is you just want to avoid those fluke injuries. I mean, you saw what happened last game of the season with yeah. Max Muncy. He goes down, Clayton Kershaw. They lose him in his third to last start. So I really just hope this team, it just a nice soft landing into the postseason and they put themselves in a position where any guys that have any nagging injuries, they get the time off any pitchers where you're seeing stress out, out there on the, on the mound, you go an inning less, you throw a lesser pitch count. So to me, it's really this team, what they have earned with this record, they have earned the right to do exactly what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And that is giving guys some time off, allowing guys to get the rest that they need, because really that is what hurt them last year in the postseason. They were driving with the check engine light on. They were leaking <laughs> oil and they only had three starters yeah. essentially right now yeah. to me, I want a true three, four, four starters and I want everyone to be healthy. And to, and I think when you look at the matchups and the, all the games in a close proximity, yes, that does that could lead to an increased chance of injuries. But I think that they've had meetings as an organization. They've said, Hey, what do we need to do right now to give ourselves the best chance to enter the postseason at full strength? I don't think they're going to do anything to compromise that. And with, with how much time they have left, they can set up everything exactly how they want, which is great. Clarify one thing. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't overly specific about what I said. Uh, Double header. You have Grove starting, Heaney start, or, or uh, Anderson starting, yeah. but Pepio will be called up as the 29th man for the doubleheader. So he's not making a start, but he will be available yeah. and on the roster, which I'm I'm assuming doesn't somehow work against the call up rule. But anyways. Uh, you had a couple more uh, points you wanted to get through before we got out of here, right? Yeah, just a couple quick ones. So we're talking about that 17 games. You got five at home versus the D-backs, three at home versus the Cars. They go to San Diego for three. They have six at home versus the Colorado Rockies. Now the Dodgers, to finish with the best record, they have their magic number is currently at seven. They're currently up six games on the Trastros for best record in Major League Baseball. My question to you is, how important do you think it is for the Dodgers to finish with that best record and have home field advantage throughout the postseason? They play good at home. They play good on the road. I don't think winning, uh, trying to beat a an all-time wins record, which they can't at this point, that's unimportant. Uh, getting that uh, uh, you know, home field advantage, I think, is pretty important. But again, they play well just about anywhere. They, I, I'm going to stand by the, the 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 mindset that they should not kill themselves to do it. Yeah, they're not going to push guys. They will arms. not push yeah, guys. Exactly. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's my take. 
Nice. Yeah, I think I think it's it's definitely a situation where the Dodgers has been their best road record. They're dominant at home. You've only had one World Series clinched at home. I think that would be magical to have that, especially after winning the World Series in Texas in 2020. So I want to see that as well. And then last one, uh, as far as something that we're looking for for the rest of the way, is the outfielder situation with those four guys vying for spots. And we're going to do a video, an entire segment on that for some of these roster players puzzle pieces that still need to be figured out here at the end. So how much do you think at the end that competition level with those four guys is going to help guys really stay locked in, stay relevant down the stretch? Do you think that it's a good thing to have you mean you got Trace Thompson has to figure out how to hit lefties. You have Cody Bellinger who needs to find a rhythm at the plate. Chris Taylor, Joey yeah. Gallo. I mean, the fact that these guys are all going to be vying for those spots, I think it will, it will be something that will help this team stay locked in. I mean, everybody in the outfield is kind of struggling so yeah. far this month. Even Mookie. I would, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here though. I'm going to say Mookie Betts has locked down a starting position. That's in yeah. the postseason. So stop the presses on that. Uh, I said it a little bit earlier, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what you have to say on, on the dugout this week. You got four dudes vying for time in two spots, and nobody really seems to be stepping up to the plate. Um, I mean, they step up there, and then they just kind of walk back because they struck out. You know, Cody and CT have the the history of just switching it on because it's October. We don't know about Gallo. We don't know about... Trace Thompson, who's hitting a buck fifty this month, by the way, yeah. that is that is concerning. You know, the magic is kind of gone. So, um, you hope the competition works, but it's been a competition all season long, and you shouldn't really need a competition. You should just be good, you know, at hitting and at your job. Um, Cody yeah. knows he's got it on lock because he's, you know, the best defensive center fielder they have. Yeah. So that's there, and it's just going to be. Trying uh, you know, Gallo's fighting his own demons. I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition. Or at least I don't see it. I don't think they see it as the healthy competition. Everybody's just trying to go out there and, and do their best. That's really what it is. So yeah, I think that's my answer. Non-answer. You know, you got guys trying to figure it out, but um, it's not going to change. You know, like like at this point, Miguel Vargas could hit the rest of the season. You know, every single time up there, he can drop a bomb. They're not going to have him on the postseason roster. These guys have their mind already set. They didn't. We probably would have seen James Outman at some point. Yeah, that's a great point. I think for me, I want to see Cody Bellinger get the lion's share of the reps in center. I want to see him find a way to solidify that spot because we know one, it's going to be his spot. Mm -hmm. And two, might as well work on some mechanical things. Try to find that postseason swing. Revert to that 2021 postseason swing yeah. that works so well. But yeah, you want it to be a, a spot where it's going to be a tough decision for Dave Roberts. You don't want it to be an easy decision. You want them all to play well. You don't want to have a situation well, who's who's the best of the worst, right? You yeah. want like, who sucks the least, that type of thing. You don't want that. You want this team to go out there and have depth on the margins. But to me, Cody Bellinger is my postseason center fielder. He's going to be starting in center field. You saw just yesterday he made a game changing play mm -hmm. to cover so much ground. You never know how much he's going to impact the game defensively. You just want to see him become a competent bat. Just hit for contact. Give us some big dingers. But yeah, I mean, Trace Thompson, he's been a great story. There's no question about it. But if you look at those numbers, he has started to slip. When he does make contact, yeah. he crushes the ball. But they're going to trust Cody Bellinger. And at the end of the day, it's going to be belly and center, CT and left. And we'll see more depth off the bench. So that's definitely a good thing for this team. You're not going to see, you know, I don't have to live through the nightmares of Steven Souza Jr. and Andy Burns, who they basically DFA'd and brought back. Mm -hmm. And then Albert Pujols, geriatric 78-year-old coming off the bench and getting outmatched. <laughs> and we just it was, had a little love pet fest for him. But, yeah, yeah this when team. When you think of that yeah. 21 roster and how just embarrassing it was come October and the fact that they were still able to make it that far. Yeah. And now they're as healthy as they're going to get in a way by the end of the week. Really, they're as healthy as they're going to get this season. And, oh, you don't have a Theo. You don't have a ground out to the right side Seager. You got Freddie Freeman who hits the ball everywhere and plays every second of every minute. Yeah. And uh, you just feel a whole lot better heading into this October. Final thought, guys, presented by our friends at Hornitos, my bottles are over there, but they sure do 
look yummy. Um, I had a final thought, but I decided to change it up mid-show here because I saw a great, just great comment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to this comment because it made me laugh. And I love, uh, you know, I, you know, these people in the comments try to like get me to laugh or get us to laugh. Yeah, and yeah. like we can't just inject. Usually just can't just throw in a comment randomly in the middle of a show because it throws off the rhythm. But here, this is now a segment dedicated to you and particularly uh, our, our friend uh, El Pepedepides, who I always say his, the name wrong. But this is a great joke. Gather around, kids. Tell grandma. My Tinder date and I decided to meet up at a gym for our first date, but she never showed. That's when I knew we weren't going to work out. <laughs> Thank you. I love it, man. Uh, subscribe to it. El Pepidepidus. Killing the <laughs> that's, game. That's such a great joke because you, you see, Noah, because they're going to work out. But that I'll, I'll tell you guys when you're The old. structure, <laughs> I'll tell you guys the punchline. So anyways, as we end the show, guys, there's one final shot. May the Dodgers stay healthy and win all the games. May you guys stay healthy and happy and go enjoy yourself a fine Hornitos Paloma with your friends at the Dodger Stadium like I plan on doing. So cheers. Thank you, guys. Find us on the internet at DodgersNation.com. Subscribe to Blue Heaven on iTunes, Spy, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spy, Spy Fart Radio. <laughs> Uh, My favorite app. We also now now that uh, now we got uh, Dougie Fresh locked in here. We have all of Doug's content and a whole lot more content going up on our podcast stream. So go check it out. Uh, Dodgers twenty eight million years a day. Subscribe to youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like, all that kind of stuff. I am real FRG. That guy is DMAC underscore LA. Thank you guys for the comments. Thank you for the questions. Go Dodgers and we'll see you. Uh, on the other side. Bye. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Them home. Be warned that once you pick up a refreshingly cold drink from McDonald's and people see just how refreshingly cold that drink from McDonald's is, you may create drink envy. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. For a morning brew that really creates a stir, get any size iced coffee, including caramel and French vanilla, for just 99 cents before 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.